Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. of the Net Report Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Broadbent. Joining me once again is my co-host, Richie Schneiderite. We got some good news. Uh, Nassim Brantley was ruled eligible immediately by the NCAA. Um, he was a guy who transferred in yeah, immediately as in he can practice for the spring. He was a guy who transferred in last offseason from Western Illinois and had some kind of NCAA issue. Um, never was totally described as to what that issue was we have our best guess but uh he was given that uh that waiver so he is going to be eligible for next year and should be a guy that makes a pretty big impact on the receiving group um just tell us about like kind of how this all came together of him actually getting that year of eligibility because from everything we saw i i don't know how he should have gotten one yeah it's weird so we've went over this a million times um 2020 no, 2018, class of 2018 recruit, played five games year one, played X amount of games year two. It was enough to pass the five threshold. I think he might have played 10, actually, in year two. He played 10 year two, 2020 didn't count, 11 yeah. year three, 10 in year four, uh, or technically year five, but mm-hmm. year four of, you know, is given eligibility at Western yeah. Illinois. So it makes no sense because he played over four games in one, two, three, four seasons, which means four years of eligibility. Um, 2020 and count. So you could technically say he played five seasons where he went over the four game limit. Um, and then he somehow entered the transfer portal, ended up at Rutgers, South, uh, not South, South Jersey, sorry, Jersey native, Central Jersey, Farmingdale, whatever he's you want to call squarely it. Squarely in Central Jersey, <laughs> Farmingdale, when you went to Howell High big School. Big debate there, big debate. You there, can't get but. much more Central Jersey <laughs> than like the, the middle part of Mount County, in my opinion. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, well, we'll let that one slide. But um, yeah, no, he came over from Western Illinois, uh, played three years at Sacred Heart, teammate of J.D. Dorenzo while he was there, went to Western Illinois, uh, I guess played better competition if you want to consider it that. But, um, uh, significantly better competition yeah, at Western Sacred Illinois than like Sacred Heart. Yeah. Um, second team FCS All-American by Phil Steele. So, I mean, he's, he's a pretty damn good receiver. And um, I, I think he's a certified starter next year. He was with the team all last season. He was still recovering a little bit because I think he broke his ankle or leg. I forget what it was specifically yep. last year at Western Illinois in one of the last games of the season or 2022. Two years ago. Yeah. yeah. So he had a whole year. He didn't participate in spring because he was still recovering. He was still out there. He still had his uh, pads on, still had the yellow jersey, no contact. Didn't really do any of the drills and all that. But training camp, he was with the team. Uh, all season, he was with the team. Um, and he was with the team for bowl practices, which is another 15. So. You got a lot, uh, a lot to work with here. A lot of weapons. Um, it helps rebuild that wide receiver room. But <clears throat> I think the biggest issue here is you got to question what the hell the NCAA is doing because this yeah. guy could have been used this year significantly. Um, Chris Long went down after Game One in Northwestern, and I think this guy was in kind of getting ready to start over Chris Long uh, before the season started. But the NCAA is just the biggest mess of messes right now between this, between Jeremiah Williams, like. Just what what was the issue? All you have to do is just kind of look through this thing and just be like, uh, yeah, yeah, checks out, checks out, checks out. Uh, okay, he's good. Done. That's it. It's simple as that. Instead, you wait the whole year. You let this kid sit for an entire season. 
hurting his NFL draft stock. There's got to be some kind of legal suit that could technically be filed or something like that because you just hurt this kid's NFL uh, dreams because now you're adding a year of age. You're hurting his draft stock. He misses an entire season when he was preseason uh, Shrine Bowl 1000, which is like the top 1,000 prospects in college football. Uh, so, I mean, it's just insane that the NCAA is just this in disarray. And we're seeing it right now with Jeremiah Williams, too. It's a giant shit show. Yeah, you got to hope that they're going school by school and settling all the grievances one at a time. Uh, so Man, if, if we that's the logic, then, then maybe we'll see Jeremiah Williams. But I don't think that's how they operate. Um, yeah, suddenly this wide receiver group is looking pretty dangerous. You know, you got seniors with Demir Miller, Nassim Brantley, and Christian Dremel. You got Chris Long coming back as a junior. You got Ian mm-hmm. Strong and Jesse O'Fury both put up pretty good freshman seasons. Uh, you got Fama Ture, who redshirted last year, but he was making okay, some Duff. noise all season. KJ Duff is the highest rated recruit of the group. He'll be coming in as a true freshman. Dylan Braithwaite had some uh, rumblings in the spring mm-hmm. and summer. He's got legit speed. He redshirted. Benjamin Blacks is a true freshman who's going to come in with a, with a lot of speed. Uh, Isaiah Crumpler is another guy that the staff is Big high dude. on. There's going to be – this is one of the more talented receiver groups we've seen in a while here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nice that it's led by a senior group, even if two of the three seniors are guys who transferred in from the FCS level. Um, I do kind of want to talk a little bit more about Nassim Brantley specifically. Like his best, his best season by far was the season he had at Western Illinois, where he had 52 catches mm-hmm. for 888 yards and nine touchdowns. I've seen some conflicting numbers regarding his actual stat line. So it's between 52 and 53 catches and between like 880 and 900 receiving yards. It doesn't really matter. It's negligible. Is that amazing um, in today's day and age? How you yeah, mix that I, up completely? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Uh, like you said, he was second team All-American for his one season at Western Illinois. First team All-Conference. He was the newcomer of the year in the conference. He graded out at a 72.0 which put him in the top 250 of uh, qualifying receivers. In 2022, though, his team had like a really tough schedule. If you look at who they played, they played four preseason teams in the FCS top 10, and they also played a Power 5 team in Minnesota. And I just want to run through the stat lines he had for against each opponent uh, because he had some of his best games of the season against the tough, toughest competition. So against Minnesota, he had three catches for 50 yards and a touchdown, which he just tweeted out. That video of that catch, it was a pretty nice leaving catch uh, in double coverage uh, late in the game. He had uh, four catches for 107 yards against South Dakota State, who were the eventual national champions of the FCS. Uh, He had four catches for 71 yards and a touchdown against Southern Illinois. Uh, Here's that catch that we just uh, referred to. This was uh, a 35-yard touchdown. Leaping catch over a corner and the safety help came in a little bit late, but I mean that's a that'll play in the in the Big Ten for sure because he yeah. high pointed that ball well. He's got size. He's listed. At, uh, he was listed. It's funny because he's listed at six four two hundred with Western Illinois, but Rutgers has him at six two two ten. So regardless, he's a big bodied receiver. He's a thick. He's a thick guy. You could tell he's been in a college weight room for four, five, six years at this point. Uh, so he's going to come in physically ready. Against Missouri State, he had one of his best games of the season, another preseason top 10 team in the FCS, six catches for 120 yards and a touchdown. And then against the FCS runner-up from 2020, North Dakota State, 
He had eight mm-hmm. catches for 68 yards. So he's putting up big games against all his toughest opponents. Not that, you know, one, one of those teams is a Big Ten team, but I mean, you want to see guys at least go against the best of the best at their level. Same way that the NFL prefers guys from the, the SEC and the Big Ten because they want to see mm-hmm. what they're doing against the best of the best against their peers to evaluate uh, guys as prospects. I think the same way for the portal. If you're if you're coming from the lower level, you better be playing the best teams uh, if you really want to get some some solid looks. And that's kind of what he got. Um, another anecdote I thought was interesting is uh, he started at Sacred Heart playing a lot in the slot. Uh, mm-hmm. So he's, he's his first full season there, he played almost 97% of his snaps in the slot. Uh, his second season at Sacred Heart, he played 65% and then 47%. And then when he transferred to Western Illinois, he played almost 96% of his snaps out wide. So it seems like that's kind of his best uh, alignment is a boundary receiver. So I'd imagine Rutgers is going to line him up there as well, given that we have Christian Dremel playing the slot and he had his best year of his career last season uh, in the slot. So I imagine it's going to be Brantley and, and Demir Miller out wide uh, this season, unless you know some injuries happen. But that's that's my best guess mm-hmm. as of right now. Yeah, you you kind of be crazy. It seems like to even play him in slot number one because, like you said, Dremel is Dremel's there. Dremel's great. And number number two, um, he just doesn't do well in the slot. <laughs> he does so much better on the outside. Um, some of those games are interesting too because he went up against what was it, North Dakota State's. North Dakota State in 2022 had eight for 68. That's against David Braun. David yep. Braun, interim slash now full-time head coach of Northwestern, who had eight wins with Northwestern. He runs yep. a pretty damn good defense, I would say. Um, he also went up against South Dakota State, who said national champ, and Minnesota. Minnesota's a pretty good team, too. Um, yep. So, I mean, 2022 Minnesota, not 2023. Let's rewind yep. that one a little bit. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to look. And, um just see that he's he's done it against some decent competition. I think this is going to be. I think he's a certified starter. And you said he was what seventy two o offensive mm-hmm. grade for PFF. Yep. You know where that slots him? Number two wide receiver on the team this year. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I mean, that's only slotting him ahead of the only guy ahead of him was Jaquay Jackson, who had a seventy three three. The next highest was Ian Strong at sixty seven three. So even if he's like in the sixty, the high sixties range, he's probably still your second best receiver this year. So. That's why it sucks that they couldn't have him on the field this season. Yeah, if you look at the production he had um, just year by year, um, he had almost 30. He led, obviously, Western Illinois in receiving in 22. He had almost 39% of the team's receiving yards that year as well, which is just a, an absolutely huge number. If you take a look at what he did um, at Sacred Heart, um, he was the leading receiver in 2021. Uh where he was first team, he was named first team all conference in the NEC mm-hmm. in 2022. I believe he also led the team in receiving. Yes, he led the team in receiving 2022 as well. So you're talking about a guy who each of his last three seasons at his different programs, he led his respective team in receiving. So not that he's going to 100% guaranteed lead Rutgers in receiving, but I mean. Sacred Heart, they were a three-time NEC champ when he was there. He was three times uh, named uh, first-team all-conference as well, or two-time team, two time mm-hmm. first-team all-conference. So, I mean, this is a guy who's won at that level. Western Illinois, uh, they went 0-11 his only year there, but we'll just you know not look at that, <laughs> that uh, team stat. But, I mean, he was dominant for that team when he was playing. Um, he did suffer an injury in the second-to-last game, I guess. 
mm-hmm. of the Western Illinois season, and that's kind of why he wasn't able to practice last year. He's coming off a foot injury. So for for all we know, it might be a blessing in disguise because he wasn't able to practice in the spring, like I said, because of that injury. You got to assume he's at 110% now, and he's just ready to kind of go attack uh, Big Ten and you know, he knows the system now, so it might mm-hmm. be a blessing in disguise for him to have sat that year. Yeah, it it should be noted, too, that I know Sacred Heart, his numbers weren't great. They was still the leading receiver on the team, but just looking back at 2021 Sacred Heart team, they averaged 211 rushing yards per game. They averaged 150 yep. passing yards per game. Yep. They're essentially Rutgers offense this past season. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, so they just they ran the ball a ton. Um, they weren't really big passing guys, um, which makes sense based on if you look at the team. And, I mean, when you got a guy like J.D. Dorenzo up front, kind of hard not to run the ball. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. So just a, just a little note there, anecdote. Yeah, so this is a big deal to get him back. Um, at the very least, it'll be a quality depth piece for this receiving room. Like, oh, I yeah. just – I see it as, like, you know, we're not – overly reliant on any individual guy to just like break through this season. We have, Mm -hmm. you know, we have a lot of bets laid down on this uh, roulette wheel right now and not all of them are going to hit, but we are way more likely to have some hits uh, this year in terms of the receiving room than uh, we have in the years past. And you got to assume between uh, Gavin Wimsatt either potentially taking a jump this off season or Ethan Kaliak man is coming in and winning the job that quarterback play will be improved in 2024 as well. So this yeah. combination of, you know, getting basically everybody back on defense, uh, getting basically everybody back and more on offense mm-hmm. and most likely a, a jump in quarterback play. This team's going to be dangerous next year. Yeah. Um, I, I'm getting more and more excited for the 2024 football season. So I, I think we did this at the beginning of uh, the off season <clears throat> quarterback check sort of, we'll, we'll say it's a check. You got some competition. Yeah. That's great. Uh, wide receiver room, double check because Brantley's back now. We said going into spring, maybe you go in the spring, see what you got, and then go add another portal guy. I think you're done with wide receiver now. Um, yeah, you're done. Probably. Tight end, you still need one at the very least. Offensive line, you probably still need one. So those are the top two right now. Um, defensive tackle, you went out and added Malcolm Ray, who looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, pretty solid guy. Played some significant snaps for Florida State, who, mind you, probably you can argue, should have been a playoff team to each their own on that one. But uh, a good player. Who I think, honestly, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and say he might be more productive than Isaiah Iton will be, or was with uh, Rutgers last season. So something to watch out for. Entire defense returns. Um, and that's that's kind of it. You just need a tight end and a lineman at this point. And Reggie Sutton came back, who we forgot about. Or I forgot yep. about, at least. Um, so you really need one lineman and a tight end, and you're probably done for the year, or for the offseason, at least. Yeah, and who knows if anybody from Kent State or uh, from. Yeah. Bowling Green hops in the portal. Maybe we get involved well, with those guys too. Not saying that, that happens, will or won't then. happen, but hear me out. We shall see. Um, Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So, uh, outside of um, Brantley, the Brantley news, you did put in a future cast Ooh. for a high school recruit. You want to talk about uh, this player a little bit? 
Yeah, so this is the first future cast I've put in in damn, I don't even know. It's been a, been a minute, I guess. Um I think the last one I put in was uh Dylan Harper, honestly, which is crazy. It's been that long. Um sometimes we get news beforehand, sometimes we don't. Um in this case, this is just a kid I've been able to talk to a lot over the past couple of days and that's Renick Dorillis out of uh Union High School. Um nicknamed Stretch. Um he's just a tall, lengthy cornerback prospect. If you looked at our profiles this morning you would probably see his weight and be like what the fuck he's 150 fixed mm-hmm. it don't worry it's okay he was 150 his sophomore year though he man packed on a little bit of weight uh 511 170 athlete 5.73 star number eight in the country or number eight in the state number 22 overall athlete in the country i think this kid's a four star when it's all said and done he's the next great union high school defensive back or you could even say prospect because they produce defensive linemen they produce defensive backs they produce I guess you could argue wide receiver because both the Igmanosin brothers kind of played receiver in high school too. But uh, yeah, no, this kid, this kid's really good. He's taken a couple visits now um, this spring. He's went to Rutgers twice already, January 17th and 28th, most recently this last Sunday. Went to West Virginia on the 20th and now is going to Tennessee this upcoming weekend. Uh, he is a kid that has a top five that's probably going to come out relatively soon. I think the biggest competition here was originally going to be, I actually personally thought it was originally going to go down to Rutgers or Penn State because he's visited both schools five plus times. Sounds like it's actually going to come down to Rutgers or Tennessee because uh, the SEC allure does, does have some, it does have some allure on guys up, up north. Um, he did tell me he was really hyped about his Tennessee visit back in the fall, loved Knoxville, thought it was crazy, the atmosphere, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it is, don't get me wrong, Tennessee has a pretty cool atmosphere. It's, it's a big SEC school. Maybe not. It's not the Bamas and the um, Georgias of the world, but it's up there. Uh, but he's been to campus, um, Jesus, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, six times in 2023. Been to campus twice already, and we're not even one month in to 2024. From everything I've been told, it would be shocking if this kid doesn't end up staying home. Almost every Union High School kid has stayed home and went to Rutgers. Minus one, and that would be Davison Igmanosin, who ended up actually committing the Rutgers, but then decommitted, went to Ole Miss, blah, blah, blah. Went to go talk with Marquise Watson and uh, Chris Partridge at the time, and then transferred to Ohio State, where he's cornerback one for them. So, I mean, quite the jump for him, but uh, he's he's a great player, and it would have been nice to have Rutgers have him too. But Stretch to Real, this is a pretty good one in his own right. So I think this not going to happen right now. Maybe not even going to happen next month, but he wants to make a decision before summer, and I think um, it's only a matter of time before he's uh, tweeting out a graphic that has TKR in the right corner and Rutgers on the bottom. Interesting. All right, so this is a, a pretty highly rated recruit. Uh, like it has a lot of good offers, so this would be one hell of a way to bolster the 2025 recruiting class. Um, really excited about this kid. Um, anything else you wanted to hit on before we head out here? Uh, no, not really anything. Uh, he's built quite a relationship with, um, <clears throat> with two coaches in particular. And I found this one a little interesting. Uh, he built a relationship with Mark Orphy. I mean, obviously, uh, DB prospect athlete, whatever you want to call him makes sense. Uh, but he's built a really good relationship with Austin Triglia Triglia. Uh, he's a graduate assistant. Um, it's his first year as a grad assistant previously served as a player development type guy for Rutgers in the past two years, Bentley university, um, alum. Bentley University, I forget, someone on the team, or some, one of the coaches graduated from there, and I forget who it was, but definitely uh, interesting because he's starting to make a little bit of a name for himself. This is probably the third or fourth time I've heard uh, 
Triglia's name mentioned when, with recruiting. And I know sometimes they just assign the younger guys, the lower level guys to host these recruits, but recruits like him a lot. So this might be a guy you might have to keep an eye on uh, for moving up. Maybe not assistant coach just yet, but potentially down the line. I mean, he's only a grad assistant in year one, probably get a second grad year. And then who knows, analyst, um, whatever those other roles are, advisors, director of player personnel, but definitely a name to keep an eye on for Rutgers football down uh, in the future. Yeah, uh, definitely a guy to, to keep wa- a tap, keep tabs on uh, for a future staff position. Uh, but thanks again for listening here, guys. We tried to get this out as soon as possible for you guys to uh, get some more information on Nassim Brantley. I know we had a podcast discussing a lot of this information, but I figured it was best to kind of rehash it since you know we haven't really heard from him in about a year. So, Talk to NCAA. Um, yeah, so yeah, thanks again, NCAA. Uh, <laughs> enjoy your demise because uh, things are... Not going so well for you guys uh, right now. Only a matter of time. Only a matter of time. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for listening. For me and Richie, this has been another edition of the podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.